Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Today's episode, I'm sharing with you seven truths that my private clients learn when working with me. Now, these are seven truths or seven lessons that are compiled from my 17 years in this industry. So working with businesses of all shapes and sizes as a consultant, helping businesses to grow their business and grow their teams. So this is definitely an episode that you want to turn the volume up a little bit more on and make sure you stay right through to the end because it's seven truths plus a little golden extra nugget at the end. So let's dive straight in. The first truth is that good people aren't hard to find. Good people are not hard to find. They are everywhere. Most business owners, most people, however, aren't clear enough on who they need to be able to shout that loudly enough to get those great people's attention. And they don't know where to shout that message. The shouting I'm referring to is the how and the what you write in your job advertisement and where you place it so the right eyes get on it and the right people feel excited with what they're reading. So writing a job advertisement that reads something like, we're looking for an accountant with three plus years of experience doing X, Y, and Z is not shouting the right message to the right people, regardless of where you're placing it. So once you learn this art, once you work out how to get really clear on who you're actually looking for and how to phrase that in a really compelling way and where to put it so the right people see it, everything changes and your volume of quality applications go through the roof. And it's one of those things that if you haven't worked with me, you might just need to trust me because once you've worked with me, you see these applications coming in and suddenly, you know, those are hard to feel or impossible to feel or where are those unicorn type of thoughts just go away because you know the process to find the good people. So the first truth, good people are not hard to find good people are everywhere. Second truth, more expensive people aren't always better. Sometimes they are, but often they're not. It's so easy to incorrectly think and make a connection that somebody must be good because they're charging X, Y, and Z, or someone must be good because that company's paying them X, Y, and Z. But everything is relative. Good to somebody else does not translate automatically into them being good or amazing for you. Somebody charging high does not equate automatically to them getting you what you need or giving you what you need or being able to deliver to the specifications that you have. So more expensive people are not 
always better. That's the second truth. The third truth, and this is a big one, this is a bit of a bugbear or an unpopular opinion. Publishing a salary or a rate that you are willing to pay on your job advertisement is doing you and your potential applicants a disservice. Now, I see candidates posting and talking about how they never apply for a job unless the salary is advertised. And that comment makes me scratch my head. I've also seen on the other side, so business owners, entrepreneurs, thinking that they need to publish a salary because they want to make sure that no one's time is wasted by people applying who want more than what their budget can pay. However, the truth is by publishing a salary, by publishing a rate, both sides are being disserviced here. Not publishing a salary or a rate and leaving it open with a hidden salary band, sure, based on the rough budget that you have. So not publishing it, not specifying we will pay $45 an hour for this rate by not publishing it. It gives you as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, as the person hiring, the opportunity to have the million, your million dollar question answered, which is how much should I pay to get the skills I require? Now, I know you've asked that question. That is the million dollar question. And by not putting your rate on there, by not putting your budgeted figure, you get that information that you need to be able to make the best educated decision about how much to pay. Sure, you may get people who apply that are much more than what you wanted to pay or intended to pay or had planned budget-wise, sure. But with that information, you then get to make the educated decision Where can I flex my requirements or what I'm asking for based on this information that I'm receiving through the application process, which is the question of how much are you being paid, how much would you like to be paid, or how much do you charge for your services? Now, on the other side of the fence, for those applicants or those people who are looking for jobs with the attitude that they won't apply unless they know your salary, like, let's think about that. I'd like to suggest that they are looking at it through the wrong lens. And if the role, if your role and your company is of genuine interest to them, they should be initiating a conversation and investing their time and energy to build a relationship with you, if not for this role, then potentially for one in the future. And if they see that initiation as a waste of time, then I'd suggest that maybe they're not the golden egg person that you're looking for. Because the reality is, if salary or a rate ends up being the sticking point in the relationship, if the person is that good, there's often a way to bridge the gap. And if the person is that good, but you can't bridge the gap, it often becomes a not now, but the relationship has been built at some stage in the future when you either can afford it, a new role evolves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the time is actually not wasted. Truth number four. Asking people to make an effort through the hiring process as part of their application to show that they're interested in working with you is not making it too hard for the good people. Great people actually lean into this. So this is part of my process. You put you know, some application questions in, you ask the person to do something, to demonstrate that they're interested, to demonstrate that they can be bothered, and also to start to show you their skills. And I promise you, 
I've been doing this for, you know, 12, 13 years, you know, as part of my recommended signature process that I teach all my clients. And it does not hinder great people applying. In fact, great people lean into that. They like the opportunity to show off their skills up front. And typically, when you create the right little piece of effort application, you know, task or question that you're asking the person to do, when you get it right, it actually gets the right people excited and energized. And it doesn't feel like this big energy drain or this big effort that you're asking them to go through to waste their time. Because frankly, If someone can't be bothered, then they aren't your people. That's just a fact. Truth number five, most people are not trying to trick you, get away with subpar performance or deliberately drop the ball after you've given them the job and once they've started working with you. In my 17 years of experience, so that's my experience as a corporate recruiter combined with my experience as a consultant in my own business, you know, in this coaching capacity, I can hand on heart say that 99% of the time it is not a deliberate act of defiance or sabotage or the fact that somebody just doesn't care. 99% of the time that is not the case. It's almost always some type of miscommunication some type of assumption, confusion, or something else that is causing the person to do something that feels to you like it's subpar performance or might feel to you like they're not showing enough care or they can't be bothered. It's usually a result of like an interview process or a hiring process that wasn't detailed enough or deep enough where both sides weren't able to properly communicate, ask questions, explore, and really get to the heart of what's needed in the role from both sides' perspective. So the lesson here is to treat the hiring process with the amount of like consciousness and strategy and intention that it needs to be the proper due diligence that it needs to be for both people to work out, does this feel good for the medium to long term? Not, this sounds good at a surface level, let's cross our fingers, go for it and see what happens. Truth number six, mistakes are opportunities. And when you can work out and when you can learn how to shift and sometimes shove your ego to the side and shove or park or squash down that stress and frustration that also comes to the surface when mistakes happen in your business, you'll get to see a mistake as the gift, as the opportunity that it's actually offering to you and your business. So a mistake is usually a result of one of three things in your business, a lack of system, meaning the person didn't know that something needed to happen at that time and they weren't prompted or it wasn't, you know, written down, it wasn't on a checklist, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the first one, lack of system. The second one is a lack of training or knowledge. So often it's because the person didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to do it at all or they didn't know how to do it to the extent or the level that you were looking for. And the third reason mistakes usually happen is a lack of willingness. So does the person actually want to do this or has this been, you know, lopped onto their lap and they don't think it's their job, they don't think it's in their zone of genius, et cetera. So that's the three things that mistakes usually come down to, systems, training or willingness. And uncovering 
which one of those and uncovering the reason the mistake happened, uncovering that information is gold for your business and truly gives you the opportunity to fix the system, implement some training to improve the knowledge or switch out the person or, you know, switch out the task to somebody else to clear the way for better times ahead. And now truth number seven is that people who let you down, leave you in the lurch or act badly as they leave your business ultimately have done you a favor. And it's rarely the personal attack that it feels like. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's always inconvenient. Yes, it results in you having to do extra hours that you shouldn't need to do and you don't want to do cleaning something up. And yes, it can feel horribly personal. However, it's usually never as personal as what it feels. And it's almost always more about them than it is about you or your business. And ultimately, that person being in the business is not good for you or the team. So them leaving is a favor to you. And there's always a lesson in there for the business, for you, for the team. And my bonus little extra truth that I want to share with you today is that as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you need someone objective and someone separate to talk to about this stuff. And needing to talk to someone about this stuff is nothing to be embarrassed about. And in fact, it's incredibly, totally, 100% normal. In fact, it's the healthiest way for you to be able to process the stuff that comes up and happens and triggers you and makes you feel like things are personal, et cetera, et cetera. The best way to process that and to regulate how you're feeling is to talk to somebody who is separate to your business, who can be objective and can truly give you advice from a expert, considered and strategic place where all of that can happen in privacy and away from your team and your business. And I promise you, all the successful business owners that you might look up to or, you know, see on your socials or, you know, read about in books, all of them have someone to talk to about all this stuff, particularly in the early years of being a leader and growing your business and growing your team. Lots of them talk to me. Lots of the seven and eight figure business owners have talked to me over the years and lots of them talk to people who are like me. Because the reality is it's not appropriate to talk to and to bounce your feelings and your thoughts and some of these things that come up when you're facing these challenges with anyone on your team. So sure, you might have sort of someone at your level who feels like a confidant who you can talk to some of these things about, but most of these things need to be processed away from the people who are supporting you. And, you know, certainly for many of my clients, talking to their partner, if they have one, doesn't always get them the right advice or the right response because the response they get is often fueled with, you know, emotional bias, which is obviously always well-intentioned but doesn't always put you on the right path in the same way that talking to business colleagues or business friends will get you advice or guidance based on their experience and their situation, which is informative but, again, may not always put you on the right path. And to share from personal experience, I've been in business for myself since 2009. That's when I started my first business. And I've been a leader within corporate since about 2004. 
So I was a corporate recruiter and I used to, to run a team of up to about 30 people. I've always, since being a leader, having people reporting through to me, dealing with the emotions and the things of people on my team, I've always had people to talk to about this stuff and I've always benefited from having a separate person to talk to. And I guess if I look at my business journey from 2009, when I look at growth spurts and times of plateau, those growth spurts are always directly linked to whether I have the right person who I'm seeking guidance from and the right person who's acting as my confidant. And, you know, times of plateau have been either when I haven't been working with somebody or I've been working with someone where I'm just not getting the right advice. Maybe they're giving me advice based on their experience or how they've grown their business, but it just hasn't translated properly for me. So I just wanted to share that last little bonus lesson is that a lot of people feel like maybe I'm meant to just automatically know how to process all of this and they reflect on how they handle situations and they don't always feel great about it. But it's totally normal. Most people have an external person to talk to. And in fact, you should look for an external separate person who can be your confidant, who has the right experience to bounce these things off. Okay. So they are my seven truths from my 17 years in recruitment and HR. What's that? 14 years in business for myself. Gosh, it's a long time. So I hope that's been helpful and I hope the little bonus normalizing that you need someone to talk to is helpful too. And of course, if you're looking for someone to be your confidant, to give you objective strategic guidance about how you can get better at responding to and knowing the right actions to take to be the leader that you need to be to grow your business and enhance the productivity of your team, to lift up your expectations, to get you know from the people around you what you truly desire, then don't wait until 2024. Go and look for that person and reach out to me if you feel like working with me might feel good to you. Get started now. I really encourage you to start peeling back the layers, you know, get clear on the direction. What do I need to do differently? What do I need to learn? How do I need to amend slightly the way I'm acting and reacting? How can I communicate better, et cetera, et cetera. You know, start to peel back those layers now and get clarity on your direction now rather than waiting to 2024. Because if these niggles or concerns or little challenges or just subpar performance that you wished was higher, it's only going to get bigger and more challenging as more time goes on and you haven't addressed or changed the behavior and as your business gets bigger. So reach out if you want to have a chat to me. Let's jump on a discovery call together and know that if I don't think I can help you in your unique situation, I will 100% be straight with you about that. And if I do think I can help, I'll let you know what it looks like. I'll explain to you timeframes, directions, the way it would work, and you'll just know. You'll know if it feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, that is totally perfect as well. So if that feels like you, grab the Dream Team Discovery Call. But either way, I hope those seven truths have given you a little bit of oomph in your day. And that's it for this week. I'll be back here next week as always. And until then, have fun.